This morning, I want to talk to you about what I call... Oh, I want to look at the very first Christmas story. Now that we're into December and, and Christmas is coming, I want to do a, a little study on the uh, first responses to Christmas. And we're going to jump around a little bit in the Bible, kind of following some of these stories. But uh, the first one I want to take a look at is the response that the wise men had. Now, in Matthew, the second chapter, verse 2, we read, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, uh, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them. And it's until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. There were three gifts. That's where we get the idea that there were three wise men. The Bible doesn't say there were three of them. We don't know how many of them. It might have been a whole gaggle of wise men coming. But uh, the first thing I want to notice about this uh, first response to the Christmas story was that these guys were unconventional seekers of the kingdom of God. These, and, and it's kind of hard to understand the whole wise man part of this deal. I, I still don't quite get it. But these guys basically were astronomers from the east. Now the Bible tells us to avoid those kinds of things. Not to be going into horoscopes and all that kind of stuff. To get your future and, and plans and stuff. But rather to trust God. But here are these guys, very unconventional seekers... Check it out in the stars. And from the stars they determined that the king of the Jews was to be born. It's amazing how all the other people were kind of clueless to what was going on. All the very religious people, you know, were clueless to what was going on. Here were unconventional seekers, very outside the mainstream, who had a clue. And were aware of what was going on in Bethlehem at that time. And came to worship him. Sometimes when you're you know, living your life. You'll run into people who are really seeking God. And they're trying to find God. But they'll do it in very odd ways. And it's, it's an easy temptation to want to jump on them. And to criticize them. And to get on them for, for their approach to God. Don't do that to people. Be nice to people. Even if something they come up with is very bizarre and odd. You you don't know where they're at. And you don't know the impact that you'll have on them. In our campus church in uh, Stevens Point recently, there is a a guy who's been coming to the service. He's an American Indian uh, healer, apparently. And uh, he came into the service totally in his, you know, garb and all the stuff that's with it, you know. And he's basically this spiritist that came in and and sitting in the front row with his wife. And it's kind of hard not to notice that, (laughs) you know, particularly when there's only 200 people there. And, And of course, your first reaction is to want to censor someone who seems to be coming at things in a rather odd way. Thankfully, they did not do that. They just loved the guy. And during the time of prayer, the guy's wife came forward 
to pray and uh, winded up accepting Jesus as her personal savior, you know, into her life. And apparently they're still coming, you know, and and, uh, their lives are really being touched as they're really learning Jesus, you know, it would have been real easy to say, you know, hey, you can't come in here with that stuff, and you gotta sit back, and Jesus isn't into, you know, all these other things, and you know, and, and criticizing people. I shared with you some weeks ago my story of when I ran into this lady who was a witch, and how, you know, so many people would have just jumped on her right away and criticized her, and you're of the devil, and da da da. And instead of doing that, just being nice to the lady and loving on the lady, and how it so impacted her life. And the last time I saw her, she said, Man, you make me want to be a Christian. This is the kind of impact we'll have on people if we will love them. And look, there's all kinds of bizarre ideas out there when it comes to faith. And the more you learn the Bible and the clearer it becomes to you on the the proper way to really live a life of faith, the weirder things will seem to you on the outside. But be tolerant of people. Be patient of people. You know, sometimes they say Christians are intolerant. And, and uh, of course, to some of these people, the fact that you say anything's right or wrong is intolerant, you know, so they're kind of off base on that. But there is a little element of truth in that. Sometimes we are intolerant. A little too quick to judge. Too little, too quick to condemn. Too little to point out, you know, you're wrong. Don't get into religious arguments with people. You know, who cares? You know, where they're at in life, just love them. You know, if they ask you, you can tell them what you think, but don't attack and tackle and rah, 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 and then say, why don't you come to church and be like me? Rah, rah, rah. Well, they don't want to be like you. So I'm just witnessing for Jesus. No, you're being obnoxious for Jesus. Don't be obnoxious for Jesus. Just be nice to people. Love people. If they ask you of the hope that is within you, look for those opportunities and share your faith. And let them. And I'll tell you what. You have to understand, the most convincing part of you will never be your words. Are you hearing me? It'll be your life. How do you react when the boss comes and gets on your case? How do you react when somebody blames you for something you didn't do? How do you react when you mess up and make a mistake? Do you try and hide it? Do you try to blame others? Do you, you know, people are always watching you. How do you react when things go wrong in your life? You find out that your wife has cancer or, or your kids are in trouble or, you know, people are constantly watching you. If you will live a life of kindness, a life of love, this is what impacts people. And I promise you, in a world today of so much plastic and phoniness and baloney going on, if you will live a real life, you will stand out to people. Amen. You will be a bright and shine. You know, Jesus said, don't hide your light under, under a bushel, but be bright. That doesn't mean be obnoxious and in people's faces, but just let your light shine. Love people. Don't push away the unconventional seekers who eventually came, found the Christ child, were among the first to worship him and to bring him gifts. The second response in the Christmas story is around King Herod. A real rat, this guy. We read, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me that I too may go and worship him. Well, he had no intention of worshiping him. He wanted to find out who he was and have him killed. Well, the Magi were warned not to go back 
by Herod. So they went another way. And when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, I get the real impression that it wasn't hard to outwit Herod. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. The response of this person was one of feeling threatened. Because now he went to a very great extreme. This is one sick, sick pig of a man. Who, because he felt so threatened by this idea of, of a, a newborn king, went and had every boy in this area, two years old and younger, killed. Can you imagine the terror that struck that area? Those families, as their little boys are pulled out of your arms and killed with a sword. And then walking away and not even explaining. Why is this happening? Why did they do this? The horror that these people went through. Now obviously, that's a very, very extreme example. But the truth is, a lot of people, when they hear about Jesus and the gospel, their first response is to feel threatened. They don't want to give up their sins. They don't want to give up their unforgiveness. They don't want to give up their hate and their bigotries and their bitternesses. And they don't want to give up the way that they're living their lives. And when you start sharing Christ and say they start hearing the gospel story, they feel threatened by Christianity. There are sadly millions of people in this country who consider Christians the greatest threat to this land. It's absolutely hard to imagine. Why would they respond in such a Herodian way? Because they feel threatened. Their lifestyle, their values and stuff. When you show the light of Christianity, it it exposes their sin and they hate that. And they feel threatened. And they fight. And they become violent. Jesus said, don't be surprised when people hate you. Just remember, they hated me first. But just make sure people are, if they hate you, they hate you because of your faith. Not because you're obnoxious. Alright. Number three. Looking at the response of the religious leaders of the time. It says when King Herod heard uh, this, he was disturbed. Heard, you know, that the, the king had been born. And all of Jerusalem with him. Now, apparently these magi, I, I, that's why I figured it had to be a gaggle of them. They really got the attention of everybody in town. Wasn't just three guys walks into town and say, hey, where's, where's the Christ child? These guys must have come in. Da, 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 and they got the attention of the entire city, the entire all of Jerusalem was in uproar. And so and the king came to talk to these guys. You know, the king does, you don't just get in to see the king. At, at the drop of a hat. This must have been, really been quite the entrance. And everybody in Jerusalem was aware of what was going on. And uh, it says he was a servant. All of Jerusalem with him. Disturbed if you will. Now I can understand Herod the pig being disturbed. Because he was one sicko. But Jerusalem should not have been disturbed. The religious leaders should have not been disturbed. Disturbed that the Christ has been born. 
For thousands of years they had been talking about the Messiah coming. Here it is. Here's our opportunity. This is what we've been waiting for. And when they come along and said, hey, we've seen a star, he's been born. Their response was be to, dis- to be disturbed. You can't wreck my religious mode. You can't get into this. I got, they got things to do. Verse 4 says, when he called together all the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Christ to be born? And check it out. They answered right away. In Bethlehem in Judea. They knew it. They knew where it was going to be. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. These people knew where he was, expected him to come, and were disturbed when people started talking about him being there. You know, this may sound kind of odd, but it's really easy and dangerous to get so caught up in serving God that you forget about God. It's true. It's one of the greatest dangers that preachers have. You know, sometimes you hear about preachers who have gone off the deep end or committed some outrageous sin or, you know, and everybody goes, wow, how how could they do that? How could they do it? I'll tell you how they do it. They get so caught up, so busy doing God's work that everything around them in their personal life starts falling apart. One of the, uh, you know, standard lines uh, about Preachers and their kids, PK kids, they're preachers' kids, they call them, is the PKs are little hellions, and they and and a lot of these kids grow up bitter towards God and stuff. Why? Because Daddy was so busy paying attention to Jesus in the church or, or, or to the church, he forgot about his family. I tell you, you do that kind of stuff, you're not advancing the kingdom of God, and you're not being spiritual. I don't care how spiritual you think you are, if you're not loving your family. If you're not treating your wife with respect and giving her the attention she deserves and being a father to your children, don't tell me you're spiritual. You are a nitwit. And I don't care what you say. I don't care how many Bible verses you can quote. If you can't live this at home, you ain't living it. Period. Thank you, man. Then we have the responses of the shepherd. <laughs> I like the shepherds. These, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And, and, and you have to understand, back in those days, night was like really, 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 really night. Because there weren't lights everywhere. There weren't cities. There weren't, you, know, you have no idea how much of the sky you cannot see at night because of all the lights around us. I had the opportunity to go to uh, the Andes Mountains some years ago, and we were up there, just camped out in the middle. You know, we spent the night up in this place. I don't even know where we're at, but uh, I'll never forget as I stepped out, you know, at night, and the stars. I had never seen so many stars in my life. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Because when things get really, really dark, the sky really lights up, and it's so quiet. And it's so still. And these guys are out in the middle of nowhere. Just hanging out with the sheep. And all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And I love these Christmas stories where the angel shows up and they, they bow in reverence. They didn't bow in reverence. They freaked out. It says the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. This angel shows up and they go, Ah! 
don't, angels don't, don't show up in the middle of nowhere. I had a freak too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. <laughs> Easy for him to say, he's an angel. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And if it wasn't bad enough that this glowing thing was talking to you. It says suddenly a whole bunch of them show up. And they all start singing and dancing in joy to the world. Da, 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 you know, and they're all going, ah! And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, and their hearts started beating again, the shepherds said to one another, well, let's go to Bethlehem and see what this is all about. What the Lord has told us. So since they hurried off, And found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. The final response I want to talk about this morning. Their initial response was fear. You know, if this is new to you this morning, if you're a first time guest or visitor, you've never been in a service like this, this can kind of creep you out a little bit. You know, freak you out. People up there singing and dancing and raising their hands. Who are they waving at? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little creepy. Okay? But, but don't be afraid. We're just responding to the stimulus of the Holy Spirit alive in our hearts. You know, and that's normal. You see, you, you know how you can tell if you're too emotional or not emotional enough? It's, it's, it's based on the amount of stimulus that you receive. Great stimulus, great response, you're normal. No stimulus, no response, you're normal. No stimulus, great response, you're a wacko. Okay? And a lot of times people think, you know, in a worship service, everybody's kind of wacko because they don't see the stimulus. They don't get it. But when you really experience the Christ child on the inside, man, there's some response going on. You know, it's like if you're at a Packer game and you're like, whoa, this is so cool, it's so cool. And there's like a few seconds left and they're right on the one yard line. And, and at the last second, they, they bust through and score the, the winning touchdown. Everybody jumps up and starts going crazy. Ah! Are they crazy? No, because great stimulus, great response. Now, if you're sitting in the stands and there's nobody on the field <laughs> and you're all by yourself, and you start going, th- th- then you're a little crazy, okay? <laughs> On the other hand, you could be emotionally challenged if you're into the game and you're watching it and 60,000 people are there and, and, uh, and, and all of a sudden they run in with the final score and they score and you stand up and go... There's something wrong with you, okay? So just be normal. And, and I know, you know, all of this can seem a little odd and a little strange if you're not used to it. And uh, say, so, well, gee, the church I grew, grew up in didn't do this kind of stuff. I get it. There's different churches, different things. But I want you to know something. You don't have to be afraid of Jesus. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. It is a life changing experience I'll tell you what when you really get it that your sins have been forgiven your debts have been paid it's hard not to go woohoo 
It's like if tomorrow morning somebody called you up and said, listen, your mortgage has been paid in full. All your credit cards have been paid in full. It is all done. You are completely debt free. I doubt that you would stand and go, thank you very much. And sit down. You'd be like, Oh my God, good news for you. The sins that you've committed and the punishment you have coming for it. All of that has been paid in full. Jesus has taken your rap for you. Yes! I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up and our ushers to get ready to serve our time of communion as we bring the message to a close this morning. The question to you is this. How will you respond to the Christ child? Are you afraid? Afraid because you don't understand everything? You're not always ever understand anything. This is about faith. Do you feel threatened? Do you think the message of the gospel is going to keep you from doing things you know that are wrong? Or do you just, in apathy, do nothing? Because it doesn't fit into your religious world. You're more disturbed by all this re- salvation talk. Uh, this is very disturbing to me. Like, like the religious leaders of the day. They, they weren't excited about the Christ child. It was very disturbing. Or will you seek him? Find him? And worship him? And what I love about the story of the, uh, the shepherds is... They went from fear and then to seeking, looking, checking it out, finding the Christ child, worshiping him, and then they became the very first evangelists. They went everywhere telling everybody about what they had seen and heard. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning before we take communion. If you're here this morning and you have never truly uh, surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ, let me encourage you as we begin this Christmas season, discover what all of this is really about. The reason for the season is Christ, God's Son, come to earth. Not just to be a baby, but to grow up. And that His body was broken, His blood was shed for us on the cross. That we could have forgiveness of sins. If you will open your hearts this morning and ask Christ to come into your life, you can experience the Christ child in reality. I'd like everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I choose to seek you and to worship you. Thank you for going to the cross for me. I ask you to come into my heart and to take away my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have our usher start passing out the communion this morning. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, you can join with us. You don't have to be a member of Bayside. If you're a believer.